God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise the Lord. It's a beautiful overcast day in December. It's not snowing. It's not raining. It's a little cool, but it's not crazy. It's December 11th. I want to talk this morning about facing opposition. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Peter says, my brethren, consider it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to test you as though some strange thing happened. We are told through Scripture that we will face opposition, that there will be turmoil, that there will be testing and trials. We're also told that the, that the testing and trials of our faith bring forth fruits of righteousness. So things we go through, we, we fake, go through with this life, there is going to be op- opposition, there is going to be obstacles, there are going to be difficulties. That's just part of going through life. But the beautiful part is, as we go through the life, as we go through and face these obstacles, we face this opposition, we don't face it alone. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. And who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of, the, of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for your sake we are killed all, the, all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nowhere in that does it say we won't have difficulty. Nowhere in that does it say we won't have obstacles. It says if God is for us, who can be against us? It isn't saying that no one will be against us. It's saying that the people that are against us, in comparison to God being for us, is of no account. It says... Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Isn't saying there will never be a charge brought up against us against God's elect. It's saying that the charge doesn't matter because God is the one who has justified us. Who here is perfect? Okay. None of us. None of us here is perfect. Yet we stand before a holy God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ because what He's done on your behalf and my behalf. We come having His righteousness imparted to us. Praise God. When an accusation is made against God's elect, when an accusation is made against any of us, 
Scripture tells us right here that Jesus is the one who makes intercession for us. Like, He's mine. She's mine. That's covered by my blood. I took on that sin and I give this person my righteousness. They stand before a holy God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of what He has done on our behalf. Never says there won't be opposition against us. Never says there won't be accusations against us. Satan is known as the accuser of the brethren. Part of his job, part of his very description, is he's trying to dredge up things from our past or even from our present. See how they messed up again? Jesus said, I paid that price. I paid that penalty. I took on that sin and imparted my righteousness. We stand before a holy God, justified, declared clean, declared righteous, declared holy because of what He has done. As we face opposition, as we go through our daily lives, it is so common to lose sight of that. Maybe our own guilt. Maybe our own, I should have done better on that. I know better than that. Why did I fall into that sin? Whatever the case happens to be. We tend to lose sight of the fact that a holy God has called us His own. The righteous one has said that sin is covered. That we are holy in the sight of God because what Jesus has done on our behalf. Second Kings six, beginning with verse twelve. I know there are groups of believers throughout this nation, at least, maybe throughout the world, I don't know, that tend to stay strictly in the New Testament because hey, we're not under the law anymore. All of that stuff is just old news. But the Bible tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is useful in instruction and righteousness, is useful to teach us, is useful to explain it to us. And when that was written, all Scripture was Genesis through Malachi. Because Matthew through Revelation wasn't written yet. He says all Scripture, he's talking about the old stuff, talking about the Old Testament, talking about what was already written down. What the Jews still have today. Those scripture, all that scripture is useful in instruction and righteousness. Is useful to teach us. Going back into, into 2 Kings 6. Set the scenario here. The king of Syria keeps wanting to go up against Israel. And every time they do, he can't seem to, to catch them. He cannot seem to ambush them. That's his plan. He's wanting to take them out. And finally, he turns to his, to his advisors and says, which one of you is leaking secrets to the enemy? And one of his servants says, it's not one of us. But in Israel, there's this prophet. And what you whisper in your bedchamber, God tells him. And he tells the king, and they're, they're prepared. And his name is Elijah. And they go. So he sends his... his uh, well, here it is. Verse 12. 2 Kings 6, verse 12. 
And one of his servants said, None, O Lord, my Lord, O King, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant went to him and said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. All scripture of God is good and is useful in the instruction of righteousness. As Elisha told his servant, don't be afraid. There's more with us than with them. The servant couldn't see it. We face opposition. We face turmoil. We face difficult things in our life. And sometimes it's so easy to focus on the opposition rather than asking the Lord to open our eyes to see His help roundabout. He will give His angels charge over you. The angels of the Lord encamp us about those who fear Him. We have angels all around us. We have God's provision and God's protection all around us. Nothing comes into our life without coming through the sovereign hand of an almighty God. God is in control and is directing our steps and is working in us in our life. But it's so easy to have our natural eyes just see the opposition, just see the problem, rather than having to spiritualize to see God's provision round about us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Again, doesn't mean no one will be against us. It means any opposition doesn't really matter because they're not going to get us if God doesn't let us anyway. God doesn't let them, ha- God doesn't let them do anything on our... Jesus told Pilate, you could do nothing to me unless it was given of you my- by my Father. Already bound, beaten... All of these things going on in Jesus' life. They bring him before Pilate. They bring him before the regional governor. Governor asks him if you're king. He says, if I were king of this earth, my servants would rise up. But my kingdom is not of this earth. And he said, you would have no power. You could do nothing to me except it were given of you and my father. Unless my father allowed it, you couldn't touch me. Jesus, remember um, when, he went to, when he went to Nazareth, when he, at the start of his ministry, he stands up and he begins preaching in, uh, in the tabernacle. They hand him the, the scroll to read, and he reads from Isaiah. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news, to, to set at liberty of the captive, the healing of the sick. He, he says all of this thing, and he sits down and he says, this day this scripture has been fulfilled in your sight. And they called him a blasphemer. And they were going to, they were going to stone him. And they brought him out to the, to the, the pinnacle, the cliff. They were all ready to stone him. And Jesus walked right back through them. They were coming out to stone him. And he just turned around and walked through them. They're like, what happened? 
You can do nothing to me except it was given of you and my father. As we face obstacles, as we face difficulties, as we face challenges in our life, realize that nothing can come into our life that God hasn't allowed. And if he's allowed it, he's already promised to cause all things to work together for good to them who love him, to them who are called according to his purpose. God is the one who is able to direct us. Sometimes we have to stand against opposition. Scripture says, um, having done all to stand, stand. You know, in Ephesians where it talks about the army of God, having, having your loins skirt about with truth, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the shield of faith wherewith we will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. But even before he lists out the army, he says, having done all, stand. We go through, we read the word of God, we are, we are getting to know who God is, we are preparing our hearts and minds to be obedient to the Lord, to follow Him, and the opposition comes and it says, having done all, stand. One point um, in Scripture, I don't remember exactly where it is, it says, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. There's another place that says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Doesn't mean we're never going to have adversity. It means don't give up in the midst of it because God is the one who gives us strength. God is the one who is guiding us. God is the one who is watching over us. Don't give up because we're not doing it in our own strength. We have to do it in the Lord's strength anyway. And God's strength never runs out. God's strength never fails. As we face opposition, as we face challenges in our life, as we face people that come up and get in our face, they become the, uh, trying to take over Satan's roles or the accuser of the brethren. Whatever the situation is, don't give up. God is still in control. So here we just read for, where Elijah sees the armies of the king of Syria. And they're surrounding the city and, and Gehazi, the servant, he's, he's all upset. Lord, what are we going to do? Or Master, what are we going to do? And Elijah says, don't worry. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. I'm not going to tell you what happened. You'll have to read it yourself. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 14, beginning with verse 9. It says, Then Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men and three hundred chariots. And he came to Marisha. And Asa went out against him. Asa was king of Judah at the time. And they set their troops in battle array in the, battle, in the valley of Zarephath at Marisha. And Asa cried out to the Lord God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let men prevail against you. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. An army of a million men and 300 chariots now, it doesn't say in this passage how big Asa's army was. But I guarantee you it wasn't a million men and 300 chariots. It's probably somewhere around, around the uh, you know, 60,000, 70,000 max. 
So he's not facing ten times the odds. He's facing almost twenty times the odds. But he says, it's not in our strength. It is nothing for you, Lord, to help those who are many or those who have no power. These people have come against us, Lord, but we trust you. Do not let them triumph over you. And the Lord confused the Ethiopians so that Judah put them to flight because the king of Judah said, Lord, we're relying on you. Remember, all Scripture is given for inspiration, given by inspiration of God, and is useful. It teaches us. We can look in the Scripture and we see these things, and as we apply it to our own lives, recognize, Lord, I'm facing opposition, I'm facing challenges, I'm facing something I don't see an answer, I'm facing things that just seem to be overwhelming. But Lord, you know the answer. You've seen the end from the beginning. You have a plan and purpose. And Lord, if this is as far as you're taking me before you take me home, praise God. But if it's not, I know you're about to open a door that's going to be completely above anything I can ask or think. And standing in faith that no matter what comes our way, we are following God and He is the one. The battle belongs to the Lord. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. Another version says, you need only be still. God, not quite sure what you're going to do, but it's going to be exciting, so I'm all excited for it. Rather than being, oh Lord, they're coming after me. Psalmist said, many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of my soul, there is no help for them in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. You are my protector. You are my defender. You are my strength. And you are victorious in all of your ways. Standing in faith that no matter what we face, no matter what comes our way, we serve an almighty God who never loses, never fails is never defeated, is never surprised, knows the end from the beginning. Second Chronicles 20, beginning with verse 5. Another one of those kings of Judah. Verse 5 says, And then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. So now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, 
rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Guess what? God defeated the enemy. He went to Jehoshaphat, went before the Lord, and reminded the Lord, not that the Lord forgot, but reminded the Lord, rehearsed before him. This, um, this thing he was talking about, if disaster comes upon us, a sword or famine, that's from Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple. Where God answered and said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will hear their land. That's where that came from. Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, so many generations later, facing the Moab, Moab Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. Of two families that came from Lot, Ammon and Moab, Mount Seir, came from Esau. Cousins, families, God would not let them. As they came out of Egypt, God said, they are your kinsmen. They are your brothers. You don't mess with them. You leave them alone. And they went through. And children of Israel did not go in opposition to them. And they came into the land that God had given them. Now all these generations later, those same cousins, those same ones that God said, they're your kinsmen. You don't hurt them. You don't harm them. It was those that came against them. And Jehoshaphat said, we rely on you. You are the one who gave us this land. You are the one who gave us this possession. And we have opposition from, from our kinsmen. We have opposition from those people that you told us to leave alone. We left them alone. Now here they are coming against us. Lord, defend us. Where's your opposition come from? Many times the opposition, the, the challenges we face has to do with loved ones. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, people we encounter in the world. Sometimes it's just a person who's having a bad day. Or a person who's always having a bad day and decided today's a good day to take it out on us. But sometimes it's our own families. Sometimes there's own, our own turmoil. Yet we still need the Lord. And God is still our defender, no matter who or what the opposition is. As we trust in Him, just as Jehoshaphat did, just as Asa did, just as Elisha did, trusting that God is the one who's able to work it out. God is the one who is able to bring us through. Final passage of Scripture, 2 Timothy 4, beginning with verse 16. Paul telling Timothy, 2 Timothy is the last letter Paul wrote from prison just before he died. But Paul said, And at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. 
but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. At the very end of his life, just before Paul was beheaded, he has still had that testimony that even though everyone else deserted me, the Lord was with me. The Lord delivered me. The Lord gave me an opportunity to explain the gospel in the court of Rome. To declare who Jesus is. So that all the Gentiles might know who said. God brought me through to fulfill my ministry. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. All of our days are written in the book before ever any of them are. The God who knit us together in our mother's womb will never leave us nor forsake us. God is our strength and God is our everything. As we face opposition, as we, as we uh, go through this life, know that we are in the, engraved in the hands of an almighty God who loves us, who knit us together in our mother's womb, who will never leave us nor forsake us. And when we're absent with the body, we're present with the Lord. Praise God for what he's already done. And that while we are still breathing air, while we are still walking this earth, is another opportunity, another moment to show the grace and love and mercy of God to the people around us. And how we face opposition, and how we face turmoil, and how we face every situation, because we know we are not alone and God is with us. We have a hope and an expectation that no matter what comes, it comes for the glory of God. And we can rejoice in that. And at the end of our days, whenever that happens to be, to be absent, with the absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's that joy that is set before us, that expectation that God has brought us this far to continue walking with us forever. Praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the reminder that no matter what comes our way, you are still God. Nothing that comes into our life is a surprise to you. Nothing that comes into our life has shocked you or thrown you off guard. For Lord, you see the end from the beginning. And you have called us to walk out this life. You direct our steps. You lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You walk in us and work in us and through us, Father. That we might be lights in the midst of darkness. That we might demonstrate the hope that you've given to us, Father. That we might be faithful witnesses to this generation knowing, Father, that you've sent us here for just such a time as this. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.org.